Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Wanna Be Entrepreneur. Today I have a cool interview for you. I, I'm actually interviewing um, Isaac and uh, Whaley. What's up, guys? Everything good? Good, mate. How are you? Good to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for for joining. the The way we we meet each other or connect with each other was uh, through Twitter. Uh, through the building public community, uh, Willie and Isaac are building a great app. Uh, it's called Tiny Ask. And uh, the first time I saw it, I got immediately hooked because it's something that I've thought also about before, which is a kind of Quora with sound, without audio. And uh, especially now that audio is so hyped with, uh, you know, with Clubhouse and Twitter spaces and podcasts. I really, I don't know, I see a huge potential on this. And uh, I also used the product a little bit and I was really in love. And I realized that it's also something that they are building now from the start. So we get here that wannabe entrepreneurs have the possibility to see it grow uh, and actually take a snapshot of what's happening at the moment. So what I would first ask for you to do is to introduce yourself. So Isaac can start and then Willie can, can go out. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, so hey everyone, my name is Isaac. I'm one of the co-founders here at Tiny Ask. Uh, to give you a little bit of background, I originally am from Malaysia. I grew up in Malaysia, went to Australia for university, and I'm currently based in Sydney uh, right now. So really quick introduction. I grew up as a youngest child in the family. Uh, I had brothers who were much older than I was, so I had to kind of grow up as a, you know, as felt like an only child in, in some sense because I had hmm. to learn things on my own. I didn't really get to, I couldn't really like play games with my brothers in a way where a lot of siblings would be playing. Um, but at, at a young age, I really developed an interest for like physics and science in a way because my, my dad uh, actually is an engineer himself. So I had exposure to that growing up. So I think naturally I just took that sort of path and decided to, study engineering myself in university uh, but eventually I decided to jump into the tech industry by joining Salesforce uh, and and I did sales there for two and a half years um, and at Tiny Ask what I do is I you know I come up with the designs and that's mainly through Figma and mm -hmm. just talking to users you know getting the word out there um, talking about the vision talking about where we want to go um, so yeah that's a little bit about, about myself. Hey everyone, my name is Wei Li, um, the other co-founder on Tiny Ask. It's great to be here because um, I identify as myself as a entrepreneur for, for a very long time. In fact, I did my degree in finance because I wanted to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. I figured I'd rather be the boss of the people <laughs> rather than be the workers it was actually a battle between finance or engineering ended up choosing finance for that reason at that time you know just kind of clueless through through a chance in the wind and then found my way into finance but i realized very quickly that there's actually a lot more about business that i wanted to pursue and none of the finance degree actually covered that so right after uni, I found my way into tech sales and I joined a company called Meltwater and I joined a company called HubSpot. And mm -hmm. that just got me hooked into the technology space and the world of software. 
there's just so much potential out there and it's so different from the world of finance and business and commerce that you learn in university so i yeah. got hooked stayed in tech left my job recently about a year ago to pursue tiny ask and now here we are on this podcast and the uh, willy are you also or- originally from uh, australia or uh, uh, where where you from yeah born in born and uh, raised in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Been in Sydney for the past three years. Four years now. And uh, what's uh, just satisfy my curiosity here? What is the um, the startup scene in, in Malaysia? There's also a lot of uh, you know startups startups coming. And how how is it? Well, I mean, obviously, Whaley has his. You know, he probably knows about the tech industry in Malaysia uh, as well. But the 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 biggest tech company that we originally had was Grab. If so, it's this. It it used to start off it started off as a ride sharing company, and mm. it eventually evolved into like the super app that does delivery, finance, um, payments, and all that. So it's growing, but it's not exactly. I think Whaley and I growing up, we didn't think that tech was a career option at all, um, oh, and that speaks to, and that really speaks to how, as compared to countries like the states, it's not as definitely not as advanced or mature in the in the right. sense where the tech industry is. Is you know it's got a strong VC backing. It's it's got a strong ecosystem. So yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough to actually uh, get my first job in a tech company in Malaysia, and mm. I did uni here in Australia. Then moved back for a bit. So I did have like a couple of years overlap in Malaysia inside the tech world. But yeah, the the startup space though is is not as vibrant as what. You know the Western countries or more developed countries, especially like the US, the UK, Europe. Um, mm-hmm. So in Malaysia, really the tech career pathway was never an option. So what what are the industries in in Malaysia that are booming? Oil and gas is huge. Agriculture, very yeah. traditional business, trading, export, imports, and the and and Sydney. I guess it's it's the opposite. Also, there's a lot of startups and tech. Uh, the tech scenario is much bigger, right? Um, definitely much more mature. Uh, I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that we've got big companies like Atlassian and Canva, uh, that speaks volume about the, the tech industry yeah. here in Australia. And obviously, I think it, it's quite different in the sense, I think Whaley mentioned that in Malaysia, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger industries would be like manufacturing, export, import, real estate. Um, and in Australia, it's more people are trying to get into knowledge work. So basically, You know, consulting, tech. So, it's quite different. It's it's a very drastic, uh, drastically different economy. Yeah, cool to to learn also a little bit more about the Malaysia. I I have to do it. My my knowledge is not that much, and I I would love to learn more. Uh, but uh, yeah, let, let's get into Tiny Ask, and um, I would ask you who who of you wants to pitch the idea. Um. Yeah. So. Tiny Ask is a knowledge community for people building nonlinear careers. Uh, we're specifically starting with careers in tech, and we help people learn together through audio Q and A's and tiny cohorts. So that's the pitch. <laughs> What is a nonlinear career? How we define a nonlinear career is one that really brings out your abilities, your stories, and interests, and on career paths that don't typically have have a playbook. So. 
to take that for uh, to take our personal experience for example, which is being a founder. So that's really non-linear, or becoming a product manager. That's really non-linear, just because of how new the the career option is. I I, I try to define it as a feeling. So the feeling is that through your through your career, you felt like you were always trying to do something different than everyone else around you, and、yeah. you felt like、mm-hmm. you had to figure it out on your own. You had to try,、yeah. do different things, fail, succeed, and ultimately craft your own path and find your own way. That's really non-linear. The path of an entrepreneur is the the epitome. Epitome of of nonlinear career path because it's up to you to define where you end up in. The idea of nonlinear it was not obvious for me the first time I saw it because I opened the website and immediately says that right. So build nonlinear careers together, and、um, and after thinking for five seconds, I I realized what it was and I I completely understand because there's so many career paths that are not normal and and having a mentor really helps. For sure, and、uh, I've spoke about this with many people, especially entrepreneurs, and all of them are looking for a mentor. So,、uh, it's I, I love the concept. Yeah, it's、uh, it's not until recently that we actually found a label for our own selves. We we obviously had this career, but we didn't even know it's called a nonlinear career. We just knew that we we're trying to do something different.、Uh, but putting a label on this like this lets a lot allows people to band together and identify towards one thing,、yeah. especially for something that is. So diverse. So, explain me、uh, a little bit how the website works, because I know that you 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 can create a topic, and then in those topics you can、uh, ask questions. Some of the times you can use audio. Some of the times you can just write. So, what what's the user flow? Yeah. So there are two main parts to what we're building at Tiny Ask. There is the audio Q and A part, which you've mentioned earlier, and audio Q and A. I think you. Kind of hit the nail on its head, which is kind of like a quora with audio. So, the reason why we went down that path of having audio Q and A's is because it's it's short enough that it catches your attention, but it's long enough that it really gives you a lot of context, and it feels like you you're actually hearing the other person talking to you directly, without、mm. actually being on an interview and you know just trying to pick their brain. So that's that's the route that we went with with audio. Yeah.、Um, And with that, it's think of it like a community of people asking questions、uh, around finding knowledge that is going to help them make progress in in their venture. So that's the audio Q and A side of things. And on the other hand,、right. we have the cohort. So we're calling them tiny cohorts.、Um, you know, that's because we're tiny ass tiny cohorts. Yeah. <laughs> What tiny cohorts are? Are they are actually outcome based cohorts that are short, so three to four days, that allows you. Um, to actually do hands-on hands-on activity、uh, in terms of、um, the career path that you want to go into. So, for example, one of the courses that I'm currently hosting is engineering to sales. So, I, like I mentioned, chemical engineering to sales. I wanted to shed light on the knowledge that I've gained over the years, going from a Very technical background in terms of traditional engineering to a sales career. Like it's not something that people think about all the time, but once they see it, it makes a lot of sense. So with the、right. cord,、um, I would have three parts to it. So one would be helping you to understand the lay of the land. So 
what what does it mean to be in tech? What does it mean to do sales in tech? That's the understanding part and learning. So learning from me, how did I personally do it? What sort of frameworks that I that I use? What sort of tactics that I use? And the last part would be creating. So the creating side of things, it's mainly around, okay, so you've, you now understand what it means to be in tech um, and you now know how I did it. So let's actually get your hands dirty and, you know, do it yourself. For example, yeah. if you need to start reaching out to people on LinkedIn, don't be afraid. Like here are the templates that I've already used. All you have to do is use those templates and adapt uh, and add your own little flair and reach out to them. So that's right. the creation side of things. But how does the cohort connect with the audio questions and answers? Yeah, so as you mentioned, there's two parts to it. But the underlying interaction is just simple questions and answers. Uh, we actually have something called milestones. It's also one of the tropes of being in a nonlinear career is where you identify your career as a series of milestones that you've had, mm. more so than the job titles you own. Right. You could be, you know, doing like maybe an assistant to something small, but then because of a particular experience in that career, you achieved the next milestone they had to take you onto your next journey. And we are using that as an anchor for the communities inside of Tiny Ask. So one of the community I'm on or like the milestone I'm on is building a startup. And that's where people can ask questions about building a startup. But right. at the same time, I also have questions. Uh, I, I also have a milestone about getting into sales from a finance background. So that's mm -hmm. another place where people can ask me all sorts of questions related to that one. And you can answer them without you. Yeah, exactly. But your questions just come through as a text. So I think my, my problem here was that I was too attached to the idea of audio. So I was always trying to see, okay, where does audio? I was only thinking about, you know, the Quora audio and the, and Quora and like together. But now I realize that what, what you're doing, it's much more than audio, right? Audio is just a tool, but what you want is it's exactly the help people with non-linear linear careers by uh, having mentors. And these mentors can create some kind of uh, their milestones, their profile, and then other people can ask these mentors questions and the mentors will answer with audio. Is that correct? Yeah, that's 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 spot on. Yeah. <laughs> how how did this idea came to you? Yeah, I think it, we, we need to go back a little bit to like how we got started or how we met Isaac yeah. and I. <laughs> we we actually like we grew up in Malaysia, KL, then we moved to Australia, then ultimately moved to Sydney, right? But during that whole time we were in Malaysia, we never knew that we existed. Like I didn't know Isaac, he didn't know me. Mm. It wasn't until we moved here and then we met through a mutual friend. Um, and the reason why Isaac and I clicked is because we just kept talking about different businesses and yeah. cool stuff that we see in the news. And we always wanted to start our own business. And we just said, like, why don't we just do something? <laughs> the classic entrepreneur. We don't know what yes. exactly yes. we want to build. We just wanted to build something. So we just got started yeah. tinkering, side projects. We went from like an e-commerce for skincare to uh, like a video mentor matching platform and mm -hmm. we just went through all sorts of different ideas over two years um wow. but, but we only just bouncing ideas you never actually build something so we build and test and we talk to users we do like simple right. mvps we try to get like a static website going we put together for like the skincare stuff we put together sample kits 
yeah. small stuff, but cool. at the end, we just realized that, dude, we don't know anything about business. <laughs> I know we really want to start something, but we don't know even where to start. Because like we said, like this kind of career path wasn't really something that we knew much about growing up. Yeah. And so everything is new for the first time. And that was it when we realized we actually need to build something for ourselves. Like we need to go and ask people how they've done it because obviously they're successful at it. But at, at some point they had to figure out just like what we're doing now. So let's build something that we can easily go and ask them questions for. And, and, it's, and it's how Tiny Ask came Tiny Ask, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Small questions. And, and uh, I have a tiny question for you. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. go for it. I, I just had to make this joke. I was just... I had it in my mind for so long. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Start um, start using that joke. Start using it on Twitter. Let, let it trend. Yes. Um, Isaac uh, or or uh, Willie. So who is actually building? Because you are more. Your background is more sales, right? So are you actually also developers, or who is bu- building the platform? And which technology, by the way, are you using? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually building the technical sides of stuff, but I think building a business overall. There's a lot of aspects to it. So Isaac takes care of the user-facing side of things. So that's right. speaking to users, doing the design, uh, building the business side of it. I focus on the back end, so things that typically so for a developer. Yeah. Um, and I use a no-code tool. You use a no-code tool to build what you already built? Exactly, yeah. So this what? is entirely built on something called Bubble. You can check them oh, out, okay. bubble.io. And they recently raised $100 million. And Whoa. yeah, I resonate with their mission because what they're really trying to do is to get people who've never been able to access software or build software a simple yeah. way to put together web apps. Uh, is it started, free? It's free to use. So you can actually uh, publish branded websites with Bubble for free. But if you want to use your own domains, uh, your own branding stuff, then you can switch over to a paid plan. How much? How much are you are you paying for it? Right now, we are on what we call what they call the personal plan. So it's only like thirty something dollars a month. A month. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, I, I had no idea that the no code tools were already so advanced. So you can create already a kind of forum platform and add the audio and all of this with a no code tool. It's it's amazing. Yeah, there's all sorts of types of business coming up now. And I think that's great because people like us uh, who have never touched a single line of code prior to this are now able to create a modern business, something that can grow significantly and touch Mm -hmm. uh, people around the world. And these are the tools now available to people who are thinking about that, to build businesses that are global from day one. And uh, so you're bouncing ideas. You came up with the idea of Tiny Ask, and uh, how did it go from there? Did you do, like a market analysis? Did you do anything else before starting building, or did you just like open a bubble and be like, okay, let's build something? We decided to build a really simple uh, mentoring matching platform to begin with, um, and then we moved on to a short form video advice uh, platform. If you've seen Cameo, so Cameo is the celebrity shout out platform. Mm-hmm. So think of Cameo, but for mentoring. Um, we went down that route and we got a lot of feedback around people not feeling comfortable being on video. Right. So that's one part. And it was very quickly we got the uh, got feedback from people that 
audio it was actually a really good delivery format so that's how we ended up on on audio it's 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 just right. one of the simplest way for you to consume and it's really easy to create at the same time yeah so so so, yeah. so during these two years you were experimenting with different uh, products right and then uh, you you in the beginning you had the idea to use video people didn't like video and you said okay audio then is is the best and you started building the the platform as it is now mm -hmm. yeah exactly. and yeah and uh, but you are sure or you are sure that it's a problem that actually exists so how do you validate the problem itself this the the, the fact that there's not support for nonlinear careers how do you validate if if that problem actually exists yeah that's actually a really good question so we spent a lot of time um talking to users so the very first sort of online platform that we reached out that we used to talk to users was something called lunch club so mm. lunch club um, matches you with uh, people from all around the world doing cool stuff using ai anyways we use that to talk to people about things like so how do you find knowledge when it comes to building a business so how do you decide that you want to do this in your life uh, how do you figure out if that career option is good for you so we just kind of started talking to them and Lunch we club. use uh yeah and we even joined um the yc startup school so that's a free program where you get matched with different founders on a weekly basis and you get to kind of you know test your idea with with them and it was very clear to us at the time that people needed access to knowledge like that and they were actively looking for knowledge to figure mm -hmm. out how to do things mm -hmm. especially when it comes to their career and when they talked about existing solutions um they they were very vocal about the fact that things could be better they know they knew that salute the solutions out there was not meeting their needs but that was status quo so they, they couldn't find anything else um, that could help them do things a little bit better. So right. that's how we validated the problem, and, and we knew that. Uh, and and being users ourselves, yeah, um, we we know that we're not unique in the sense where uh, you know we we've we've got an ex extraordinary background. But the point is, we feel like there are more people like ourselves. Yeah, so yeah. if the two of us have this problem, and the people that we've spoken to have these problem, and the hundreds of users that we've spoken to have these problem. We think there is a big market mm -hmm. who are facing this a similar problem. One one big thing that we did to come to a validation for what we're working on is we asked, "Do you value mentorship and coaching? Like, is that something you want in your career? Do you seek it out?" And mm -hmm. most people, in fact, I think like what you just said at the very beginning, everyone is looking for a mentor. We know it's definitely going to help us. We know we've got all these questions that we don't have answers to. So it's obvious that we need one. But then the follow-up question we ask is, have you ever had one? And yeah. like the <laughs> answer is no. It's no. Like it's the same with us. We always wanted a mentor. We knew the benefits of mentoring and coaching, but we never had one ourselves. Why? The, the resounding one was just, it's so traditional. It's so formal. And I don't even know where to start, what questions yeah. I should do. And if I find somebody, I don't think they want to help me. How do I even get that relationship started? And when it does happen, it's a really formal relationship. So that's where we found like we needed something tiny, small, <laughs> like break <laughs> your big questions into really small ones and then shoot it off to people 
who already you know have the answers for those ones. Okay, now I kind of also understand how the name Tiny Ask uh, came to be. You know, they weren't <laughs> any questions. Uh, tell me about the process of buying the domain. Like, were you like going tinyask.com? Oh. Tinyask the... <laughs> oh, it was actually really simple. <laughs> we looked for it. We we knew the name pretty immediately. In fact, we actually had another name before that, and then Isaac told me that was kind of shitty. Which one was it? <laughs> it was Pocket Pro, like professionals in your pocket where you can go reach out to it's like talk about being more traditional than that so yeah then yes is better <laughs> thankfully isaac just said no that was like such a bad name let's do something different uh and then we landed on something in between tiny ask and uh something in between what we have now it was called tanya okay and that was uh a language in malaysia that we speak called bahasa Tanya is the Bahasa version of letter, of question or ask. Ah, okay. And it just sounded like tiny, so we just landed on tiny ask. Yeah, buying the domain was like, let's find the cheapest one that that had tiny ask. Tanyas.com is still available yeah. for three thousand USD, but we yeah. we couldn't afford that, so we just tanyas.co. <laughs> I know. I mean, as a, as an interpreter myself, I've already bought uh, my share fair of domains, and it's always like, okay, this oh, is cool. good. Let's try this. Let's try that. It's always yeah. a fun process. <laughs> it's a good. And, it's actually a good thing. It's like I, I wonder how common this is for, you know, all the listeners listening into it. How often does your business idea start from thinking about your .com name? That's funny, you know. Recently, because I I, had, I was interviewing also here, Matthias, and he also built something uh, with mentorship, and because we we spoke about that quite a bit, and I I one day I was just, you know I don't know minding my own business, and that, the idea of uh, getting this domain came to my head, which was uh, get a mentor, be a mentor, and I just hmm. searched for it. Oh, it exists. dot com, and then I bought it. Right there. <laughs> You're spotting it for your friend, or like you want to charge no, him I don't know what a I'm million dollars when he succeeds, and like he gets funding, you sell it to him. I, I don't know. I think I have a problem with collecting domains. Now I have it there, and it's not being used. It's shit. <laughs> well, the the next domains you're gonna get would be .eth, huh? Because if you go on Twitter right now, you see a lot of people with their name like Alexis.eth, Suhail.eth. Like I feel like that's the next trend. Wait, what what is going. that? ETH. Ethereum, like ah, crypto Ethereum. Ethereum. Okay, yeah, okay, I got you, get you. Yeah, domains is a big business for sure. Uh, I think we've come across like businesses who would spend millions of dollars just to get a domain. Back in the dot com um, bubble, it was crazy. Like yeah, people would yeah. treat it as real estate, you know. Uh, and they still especially... do. I think a lot of people still do that. Like you? Yeah, they still do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I don't, I don't want to make money. I'm sure I won't make money selling it. You, you want to make money building a business yeah. around it. No, but before, you know, Google wasn't that strong or Google didn't exist. So the only way for people to find websites was actually searching on, you know, whatever, <laughs> uh, .com, getamentor.com. They would search for it. So that's, I guess it, it was a huge, huge thing. Tiago, um, you, you should put together like a checklist for, for everyone who follows this podcast. Uh, how do you know you're an entrepreneur? And this is, this is definitely at the top of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> And um, so, okay, you had the idea, you you start building, did you like come up with MVP? So what are the MVP or the, the main features that your first version would have, would need? Well, we 
the, the, so I mentioned earlier about us building a mentoring matching platform. It was literally, think of it like a marketplace. Like you'd have a list of people, say, Tiago, you're on there. And then we have Whaley and then you have myself. Yeah. And if a new user comes to the platform and if they decide that they want to connect with Tiago, they connect with Tiago. Like as simple as that. That was still not including the cohorts and no. the audio part. Right? No, we've come a long yeah. way uh, with that. The benefit of time, a lot of people want to launch really quickly and get really successful quickly, right? But we, we did this while we had a full-time job. So we had the time to think around and right. refine yeah. the idea. Because any one of those ones, if we really put in the effort, we could have maybe turned into a product or a business. In fact, if you go look it up, all those different MVP ideas that we just listed out, they are businesses built around that. Entire yeah. businesses and startups. Uh, YC just graduated their summer 21 cohort. Mm-hmm. And they have like, what, 300 startups coming out of it there are at least 10 companies in the education, mentorship, coaching, development kind of space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a big business, big business. Yeah. And they have like components of all the things that we've mentioned. So yeah, that's a that's a huge validation that we are on the right track. So you you listen to what the feedback of, of your users, right? And uh, how, how do you collect this, by the way? How did, like, did you like write it down? Do you... And then have some meetings. How, how does this work? Thankfully, Whaley and I, we we worked in in, in our job as a salesperson uh, in tech. One of the skills that we have would be to run discovery calls. So we kind of adapted the way we would run a typical sales call to just talking to users. Uh, we would have a set list of questions to ask them about um, what's most important to them? What's most challenging to them? When was the last time they, they faced the challenges? What solutions that they used? And we would just kind of collate that in a Notion uh, document and we would just talk about it. Uh, it's like, this is actionable. That is not actionable. So, or like, let's put this in a keep in view sort of uh, column. Let's come back to this later. But Every single time, it was uh, thankfully with a fixed list of questions that we were asking, we weren't digressing too much in terms of the feedback. It was more so, okay, this is in line with what we're looking for. Uh, This is a new insight that we hadn't thought about. This is cool. But it all contributed to the bigger problem that we're trying to solve for. So um, it it wasn't exactly that confusing. Um, it, It was pretty straightforward. As long as you have a set list of questions and you kind of stick to it um, it might cause some biases but just make sure you're very aware that you might go in with some confirmation bias um, as long as you're able to zoom out um, from time to time um, yeah and you can definitely stay organized with your user feedback collection yeah and uh, one thing that really helps me also is to have a mission uh, to the at least to decide which features I should work on, and uh, for change it, for instance, it's to make sustainability accessible. And every new feature I bring in, because I also collect all the feedback and so on, but all the new features that I bring are need to align with this mission, and that helps me so much to build a product. Is is it also the same for you? Yeah, that's that's actually a good way to to, to think about it as well. Um, ensuring that every single time. Because I feel like as first-time founders or just founders in general, we run into the problem of 
thinking too much about the product, we might digress uh, and we might start moving away from solving the problem uh, and we get too attached yeah. to the solution that we're building. So we tend to like constantly, you know, be introspective and look at the problem that we're solving, uh, the task at hand and ensuring that we're on the right track. Uh, every, like Just like you've mentioned, you know, having a right mission and going in with that sort of mindset uh, and just keeping each other accountable uh, right. about that. Yeah. Did you both now quit your job and are you both uh, 100% focused on Tiny Ask? Yeah, we left our jobs pretty much the same time. What was it going through your mind and uh, what were the, were you scared? Uh, tell me all of this. Yeah, because we were working on this for like two years up to then, like mm -hmm. tinkering and going through MVPs, talking to users. And we only did this like on weekday nights or like weekends sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you get pretty tired pretty quickly. And you realize, we actually did a like simple math. We realized over the two years, the amount of time we actually spend on working on our ideas was only like two, three months worth of full-time work mm -hmm. over two years. And it's insane because it took so long for someone that could, if they were in it full-time, to just do it in three months. So we realized that we have, we've got so much more to do and so far more to go that if we right. wanted to see this come to life, we had to leave our jobs and focus on this full-time. But you so, didn't have a... The company was not making money, no. right? Yeah, uh, no, no, not at all. So it's entirely on your savings. So you, you got to make sure that you, you have a plan, your runway, yeah. whatever you think you have, just underestimate how how long you're going to take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's your runway? How much time can, do you have? Uh, I think personally, I would, we've been doing this one year full time. Mm -hmm. I would have another year full time to go if we didn't make money at all. Yeah. Um, very similar uh, on our end, um, on my end as well. So, uh, yeah, I think we we were very uh, deliberate about the the decision to step away mm -hmm. from our jobs at you know, and, and two great companies. Uh, you you asked about whether we were scared. I personally was. You know, I think it was intimidating. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. Just being able to walk away uh, from that. So. It's, but now that I'm doing it, I don't know how else I would have done it. Like I would do this over and over again, yeah. like in a heartbeat. Yeah. So it's, Same. it's been, it's been great. How, how do you plan to monetize Danny Ask? Ooh, okay. That's a cool one. <laughs> I can take that. So we just made our first dollar after, well, two and a half years tinkering on this one year full time. We just made our first Ooh, dollar nice. last <laughs> Two weeks, last week. Uh, and that's a, it's a huge milestone, you know. Um, yeah. It does validate that people out there do value what we're providing. Uh, and if we can help that one person see that value and get the value that they're expecting, we can definitely scale this to much, much more people. So how did, how did you make this first dollar? How, how do you get money? This was through the cohorts that we, that we run. Gotcha. So to have access... As a user, to have access to to the cohort, to that content, I have to pay, and then you, as a platform, get a percentage, and then the mentor itself gets exactly. Uh, okay, gotcha. And how much? Uh, how do you define the prices? We are really exploring this uh, right now because one of our 
core defining features is it being tiny, small, actionable、mm. steps you can actually take to your next big milestone. So、right. we aren't going down your typical big skill retraining type of thing or like education、mm. type of thing, where these companies are doing like four thousand, five thousand dollars for like a three month course. We want it、yeah. to be over a weekend. You're in and you're out with something that you can actually take to your next experience.、Um, yeah. So we're just experimenting with that model. So、okay. definitely, I want to say somewhere below the range of two hundred dollars per person. Ideally, through thirty plus, thirty plus to two、mm、hundred. -hmm. I think that would be a good good range to experiment. I mean, it's I,、uh, for 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 instance for this podcast, I, I now have three members,、uh, which means that I have twelve、uh, euros per month now. Every month, recurring,、uh, and for me, it's amazing. You know, just the fact that people listen to me and are willing to pay—it's ab absurd. But, but at the same time, it's also scary because I think, man, I need so much more than this to make a living. You know,、mm, yeah.、Uh, because if I, I also quit my job, and、uh, I mean, as a developer, you you make good money, right? So when I think of it, man, I, I'm so far, I'm so far, and I'm I'm working so much. Yeah,、uh, is, is it also the same for you? Do you think like, okay, great, we make our first dollar, but we're still so far from you know being able to pay two paychecks here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Whaley Whaley tweeted something really funny、uh, the other day. He was like leaving the twi leaving the nine to five life for a twenty four seven life. Yeah.、Uh, with work and not really getting paid for it. Yeah.、Uh, I also joke to to my partner. I said no one can pay me less money to work harder than this, <laughs> yeah. and that's true. And you know, this is just us in the entrepreneurship side of things. But I think it's also something that people in nonlinear careers definitely would face.、Uh, yeah. Even before I quit my job, I actually made a transition from sales into something more operational inside of my old company, HubSpot.、Mm -hmm. um, and in sales, you also make really good money. But to get to the next level, I actually took like a Forty percent pay cut, just、yeah. so that I can learn new skills, which is wild. People don't think about it that way, and a lot of people aren't even in a position, financial position, to actually make that kind of risky decisions. But for people who are doing different things, this is actually what will be happening over and over again. You go down a little bit so that you increase your ceiling in the future. Yeah, I spoke about this also recently in one of my episodes. Something that I realized that. If if、uh, in a job you get paid too little, you won't care about that job that much because you know it's not worth it. But if you also get paid too much, eventually you will quit your job to follow your dreams, right? It's a it's it's an interesting paradox because、uh, the only reason why I was able to quit my job and focus for a, a year in my projects is because I was making enough money.、Uh, To be able to you know work and live out of my savings, so even being an entrepreneur, you need to be a little bit privileged for sure, right? Yeah, privilege. Privilege is the right word.、Um, we we talked we talked about it.、Yeah. Absolutely. How how are you getting users into your platform? Because also one of I guess the big big challenges in your platform is that you need mentors to get users, and then you need users to get mentors, right? The chicken and the egg problem. How are you solving this? We, with the cohort side of things,、uh, we've recently come to the realization that a cohort is very powerful in the sense where people would come for the knowledge, but stay for the community. So what I mean by that is, 
you come for a cohort and you, you, you know, come here to learn particularly something that's really obvious. So, for example, like, you know, I want to learn how to build my first design portfolio. And once they've learned that, they would want to stay within the community. So, from our point of view, we think that we're we are currently building our community through the cohorts that we're creating. So mm-hmm. in the pipeline currently, we're currently building a few cohorts uh, at the same time with, you know, with some of our personal network. And that's really exciting. Right. Uh, at the same time, uh, we are, you know, with that built with building public, that's, you know, getting people to rally behind the vision that we have. Uh, that's, that's one part. And obviously we are, planning to launch on product hunt eventually as well once we get a little bit more sort of traction uh, from a cohort perspective and a community perspective um so yeah a lot of we really want to uh hone in on the community aspect of it because it's so important like with the non-linear side of things it's it's so important to know that when i come to this platform i feel safe enough to talk about what i want to do and and that there are other people who feel like me who look like me uh, and who mm-hmm. want to do really cool things together and are very open to sharing knowledge around that. Yeah. So that community aspect and culture is is what we're really trying to build mm-hmm. on uh, to with to get our users. So so you you're getting also, you're using your personal network to create content. You kind of ask your friends to create their cohorts, and then with those cohorts, you use those to attract people mainly on I guess Twitter and and social media yeah we started off with our personal network and we started you know getting introduced to people that we previously never had access to Mm. um you know people in the vc world people in the product management world so um it's it's really we're really doing a lot of things that are not scalable at at this point but it's important because we know we need to know exactly what we're building who we're building it for and the best sort of experience that we can build for um so yeah that's you know really just relying on the fact that we're building relationships uh one one conversation and one cohort at a time right so what platforms are you using to talk about yourselves now yeah um twitter we've literally just started using twitter Uh a little bit more religiously uh we feel like it's a it's a very special world where um people talk about tech in a in a way that people don't usually talk about tech in real life and there's such a strong and supportive community on twitter mm-hmm. that's one and i've just started really engaging with the product hunt community um next one that we're trying to uh to engage with would be indie hackers mm-hmm. um those platforms to talk to people uh and whaley is actually doing something really cool over at bubble as well whaley you want to share about that yeah so i use a platform called bubble they recently crossed a million users, so their community is quite large. Um, mm-hmm. And we recently got accepted to be one of their apps of the day. Wow. And so we, we get to That's write cool. up about what we're doing and share how we got to what we're doing. Yeah. And for other people who are thinking about starting a business, how to actually use the tools that they have to do that. So mm-hmm. giving back is a huge way for us. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I've, I've learned the same that the best way to get people interested in your products is to show interest and value towards theirs. And mm. uh, yeah, I've learned that a lot as well. And um, so how many users or like, uh, you still have only have a web product, right? Web uh, product only, yeah. How many like views do you have uh, per day or users per day? Like we, like we say, we only recently launched version one. So mm-hmm. we're just pulling from like last months of st- of statistics but yeah 
over the course of one full month in August, we got 53 new users. Mm, and like majority okay. of them are organic. We, we kind of yeah, exhausted yeah. all our friends and family way back. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they really are users there. But with this new version, uh, 53 new users, I think that's pretty cool with about 500 plus 600 unique visitors. And do you also plan to raise money uh, in the future? Is that something you want to do? Yes, that, that has always been uh, a topic that we have been discussing. So here's our take on it, right? So I think raising money is important, uh, yeah, but yeah. knowing who we're raising the money from is the other important aspect. Um, it's, I think it yeah, took us quite yeah. a while to figure out that at, this, at the stage that we're at, I think money having money is great, but mm -hmm. throwing money at something that doesn't work doesn't work right so what we really want to know is when we raise money from someone um you know how can we really help each other can they help us you know from a product perspective can it help us from a hiring perspective um so yeah absolutely hiring i know raising funds is 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 definitely on the horizon it's definitely part of a plan uh for something like tiny ask we know that it needs to get to scale uh we know it can become a venture scale business um, so yeah, um, but obviously what the most immediate, uh, in the short term, I think we really want to get into an accelerator just because of how important, uh, the, the, the support that you get from within an accelerator, I feel, we feel personally is more important than just the money as aspect of it. Accelerator first. Yeah. And, um, what, what keeps you up at night? What, what is your main stress, your main challenges? What is it? For me, for a long time, was the uncertainty of whether or not people will resonate with this. Um, personally, I think I've moved on from that. Wow. And the recent thing that has been keeping up, keeping me up at night has been, am I doing enough quick enough? Because it's endless. And you've got an endless things to do, endless things, list of things to do, and everyone else seems to be doing it far better and far quicker than you especially when you compare yourself on the world stage and like startups out there it's very uh difficult to switch off and plus twitter doesn't help in that sense it's so bad i i need to like put a timer on twitter and like lock that app before i go to bed but i i did an episode just about that the dark side of twitter and i felt exactly the same for i for only one week i said i will focusing focus only on twitter after a week i, I was feeling addicted like sick addicted you know i couldn't stop mm. thinking i was thinking on tweets every day and then i had really to to bring it to a stop and say okay i'm only going now like in the morning and in the night i'm not detaching more than like two hours or one hour a day uh needs to be much less actually otherwise i really feel, felt sick and um and i totally resonate with what you just said that uh, because i'm always thinking uh what part of my personal life can i abdicate to focus more on my projects like one 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 does enough is enough you know uh, mm. and it's very hard to switch off so yeah very very good point how do you how do you plan to fix it <laughs> slowly but surely uh having launched and people using it is a good thing because now yeah. now you know all right it's on a roll but it will come with its own stresses i'm sure but uh, yeah. I personally feel like I'm just flipping over to the next chapter because it, it feels like I just submitted 
like a huge assignment and now i get to take a deep breath before moving on to the next one does it also happens to you sorry and i'll i'll go back to isaac in a, in a second but does it also happen to you that you are about to release a new version and you're so excited because you are sure that this version will blow up and everyone will love it then you share it and then it just like doesn't match your expectations and you get sad um i'm pretty good with that because my expect my expectations are very low uh, uh and it's <laughs> a good trick. i learned from the very beginning is like the difference between your the expectation and the reality is your level of happiness so if you don't even have any expectations your level of happiness <laughs> is usually much higher i used to do that with my uh, grades before <laughs> <laughs> i just expect to fail right and then like oh i didn't yeah, i didn't fail, fail. Oh. <laughs> like great i barely passed amazing amazing uh, I'm, i'm the best yeah and what about you isaac what what keeps you up at night <laughs> um what keeps me up at night is just what is it going to look like for us in you know in the short term in the long term is You know, I think I can really attest to the idea that Twitter is sort of like the Instagram for founders in the way where you see everyone living the good life, and and on and on the other hand, you feel like you you're not living that life, and you feel a little bit bad about yourself. Um, so for me, what really keeps me up at night is like, where, where is this going to go? Um, how can we really? How can we get there? Um, and it's it's really about you know on that piece around you know something that's a little bit more technical which is like the retention uh, part one recently i had a chat with someone he said that you know uh, you know it's good that you're making consumption easier so like you know listening to audio q a's that's good but how do you get them to spend more time uh on the platform uh, that's one thing that's really keeping me up at night because um, it's we need to get people to start using it and to continue using it so um obviously so many ways to go about it and we're really just learning for our first time we're just trying it out um so yeah but it, it really really is very hard to switch off though i i can't i, I can't agree to that it's just so hot like i don't feel like yeah. i'm having deep sleeps anymore it's constantly thinking yeah same <laughs> same same and i about the metric exactly the same it's like how am i going to increase this how am i going to increase that and uh And the good thing is that you have each other in that sense. So I'm basically working mostly alone. Uh, of course, I have my friends, my partner, and mm -hmm. so on. But uh, you know, as a, I'm the solo solopreneur, as we yeah. call it. And uh, how, how is it like to work together? Do you like uh, do you mostly work out with each other fine, or do you also have some problems? How is that? Yeah, I've got a huge problem, with Isaac. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> he's not shipping enough updates. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we 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 get along quite. Do you well. have fights? We've actually haven't fought ever. We rarely, but I mean, this happens rarely. But once in a while, we give ourselves or each other uh, quite strong feedback. I think it's only happened like yeah. once or twice. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, our setup is pretty asynchronous. Um, he lives like 15 minutes away from where I live, but with COVID, okay. we've been in lockdown, so I've not seen yeah. him for the past three months, four months. Whoa! Yeah, and we're 15 minutes away. So, but even then, we don't we don't start our days with like a kickoff because we really know what needs to be done. Yeah. So we don't have to do that. What What would be your one advice for people that have a co-founder, like? To work together, what would be that advice? You know what is funny? You know, I've been 
going on Product Hunt and Hacker News, when I read about people trying to get a co-founder, when I look at my situation with Whaley, I think we were quite lucky in the sense where our skills complement each other and our viewpoints complement each other as well. Mm. So yeah. we, the fact we, I'm not sure if we're ever going to fight from a co-founder perspective. We probably will, and I think it will be healthy. But um, so far, we've been able to um, you know, manage conflict in a way that's really healthy and that's really for the startup. We're always about what's right instead of who's right. At least we try to be that way. Uh, for any co-founders mm-hmm. who are working out there, um, I think one thing is, is uh, over-indexing and over-communica- over-communicating is an important important part like sometimes you might feel like you're updating that person too much but no just over update the person like just make it a point to Mm. tell them as much as uh you can i think that's important just to keep the transparency and that builds the culture of the startup from the beginning right the culture of the startup comes from the comes from the co-founders so it's not about uh, who's right but about what's right they really like it makes makes little sense whaley one uh one tip for uh uh bootstrapper an entrepreneur starting there that want to start their business what what tip would you give them my my big takeaway two years and a half doing this is to build for yourself there's so many ideas out there you can go after like the best businesses are not really coming from an idea it's just coming out from your passion so building Mm -hmm. and solving for yourself is a huge part there are a few tactical reasons why you should do that too the first Mm -hmm. one is that you get to answer the most important questions up front. Things like, who is this for? What exactly is this? Why should people use it? You don't even need to answer that if you're building for yourself. You're the user, you know what it is for, and you know why you want to be using it. And you got to find more people like you. Yeah, that's I totally sub- subscribe to what you just said. I totally agree. Yeah. And uh, guys, thank you so much. It was uh, really a pleasure to speak with you and to get to know you and to get to know your product and mentality and um, I also want to personally invite you to join our uh, wannabe entrepreneur slack community I have already a lot of entrepreneurs there and it's a place where you support each other and bounce ideas and for the for the members so that's if if, uh, if you're a listener and if you want to also join this uh, you can become a member of wannabe entrepreneur and uh, it's uh, yeah four euros per month and you get access to prime content and also to the slack channel but you guys are now invited to join it for free and it would be my honor to have you there. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Tiago, thanks for setting this up. Yeah. Lovely talking to you. Yeah, nice meeting you, Tiago. This was great. If you're a first-time listener, this is kind of a building public podcast where I narrate my journey of building my own app and interview other entrepreneurs. And I would really advise you to go and listen to the first episode. It's called The Pilot and I explain better what I'm doing there. And uh, yeah, you can uh, share and uh, like and follow this podcast. And of course, if you want to support this podcast, the link will be in the description together with, by the way, all the links that we talked about today. So tinyask.co, the link will also be in the description, their Twitter profiles, and also all the platforms that they spoke about. Uh, everything will be in the show notes in the description. So you can just go and check out. And uh, yeah, this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you tomorrow.